you know who else is relating on a super parasocial scale? <laughs> Rachel Berry. Rachel Berry. <laughs> You're listening to Glee on the Rocks. Hello, welcome back to Glee on the Rocks, a fandom on the rocks uh, podcast. I am Emily, and today we have with us our editor, Adriana. Hi. Welcome, welcome. We are, uh, you're pinch hitting for us today. Yeah. On this um, amazing episode of Glee. Truly a spectacular (laughs) episode to join us. It, it's my honor. Yes. Really sweet dreams are made of this. <laughs> it's really a shame that that song is not in this episode. It really is. Honestly, it's a shame that all of the songs that like we'll get into it that Will mentions mm-hmm. are not because like you called it sweet dreams and then none of the songs are actually about dreams. I yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll get there. Let me just uh, yeah. get through the rundown of the episode uh yeah. when the glee club members learn that dreams is the is the theme is the theme of regionals everyone has a different opinion on what they should sing rachel auditions for a broadway revival of funny girl uh this episode premiered on april 18th 2013 um yeah so we now finally have the theme of regionals um who knows how long they'll have to rehearse regionals could be tomorrow it could be in six months we never know they have not been practicing up until today yeah because why would they which is just i feel like you guys did an episode with b a while ago about how like show choir actually works yes like you you don't change your set list you get one (laughs) set list that's that's it that's the t that's your you practice this the whole year you don't the spend a year. week and like shu comes in he comes in hot he's like this is the theme and we're here are the songs get to rehearsing oh we're gonna rehearse now yeah, as if they've as if they've ever rehearsed i think he also they were just playing around in the glee club i think he also says that he got the theme of regionals from like a direct twitter message from somebody he he didn't okay that was the thing is i wrote it down because he he didn't say direct twitter message he said a direct tweet oh sorry a direct tweet what the hell is a direct tweet like i was on twitter in 2013 there was no such thing as a direct tweet unless he was like oh is a tweet directly from like whatever account he said but also is that how they're handing out the set lists for <laughs> they're just tweeting out the themes and if you happen to be on Twitter in 2013 you know what you're supposed to do if you happen to be on Twitter and following this one specific account yeah and if not I guess you're out of luck the rest of you guys are fucked the rest of you guys you you weren't on theme Mm-mm. um so this new new direction skates by on a technicality yet again yet it well that's how he's here yeah. is on a technicality we can't forget and neither does he um mr shu wants to take this theme incredibly serious or uh uh literally yeah. he wants to perform sweet dreams 
um i forgot to write it down because i was just like oh my god these are amazing songs um what was it you make my dreams come true yes what was the other Uh, one i cannot remember shit well they were great songs they were Um, all from the 70s and 80s as Artie points out during a secret glee club meeting oh it was dream weaver sweet dreams and you make my dreams come true now these are also not about dreams kind of so i guess it wasn't literally oh well Dreamweaver, maybe they have but they have dream in the song they do have it in the title so he's halfway there yeah and living on a prayer (laughs) no yeah yes yes um i just i listen I personally think those were good choices. I, not to be a Will apologist, but I, like, actually get where he's coming from. Like, they're here on a technicality. He's gonna Mm -hmm. follow the fucking rules. Because if he doesn't, he loses the thing that actually makes him want to come to work. Yes. like (laughs) The one thing that makes him come to work. (laughs) Like, you think he cares about being a history teacher? No, he fucking doesn't. Spanish teacher? History teacher? What does he teach these days? No, because remember, um, Ricky Martin is just in the background. Oh, right, right, right. He's the history teacher. Canonically, Um, Ricky Martin is still... (laughs) Okay, which does mean that canonically, somewhere in the school, Ricky Martin was hiding from a school shooting. (laughs) And we just didn't see it. Yeah, we just didn't see it. A bummer. That's a fucking... You know what? I feel like he would have protected his class of right? students a lot better I than think so, Will, too. And he wouldn't have, like, you know... He probably got them out through a window. They were through safe. Through a window. Yes. He, he broke glass with the power of song. With the power of song and his mighty, mighty fists. Yeah. <laughs> That's the class I would want to be in. Ricky Martin's class. If you know nothing else about Glee, you just have to remember that Ricky Martin is always in the background because he was never fired from his position. He was never fired, and they never had him come in in one scene to say, okay, I'm leaving Lima. Nope, never. Mm-mm, he's still there. He's he's still here. So good. What a terrible show this is. Uh, <laughs> so... The Glee Club obviously hates Mr. Shoe's set list um, because, which is an argument they've had in the past, is that they want to do current songs. Um, And Marley, who has been writing her own songs, which is definitely a thing I remember that she wanted to do. I don't Mm, listen. Right? Okay. I've not been the most attentive with like mid season four Marley. Because it feels like her storyline in like in the in the 2013 side of season four is like, oh, I'm in a love triangle. I am no longer in a love triangle. But I'm pretty sure this is the first time she mentions. I thought so, too. Because in the previous episode, it's just about like. It's not about it's not about. It's not about the songs. She's not no. writing songs, which was like she's she has this whole like um, 
internal monologue about like nobody seems normal after the school shooting so like I don't want to like bother them and like show them my music but it's like nobody seems normal after a shooting maybe think about why bestie yeah and they also they don't dive into that at all which there was an opportunity to do there's just an offhanded comment that people are acting weird tina is trying out like steampunk vibes which does kind of hark back to her goth vampire thing but But also like okay she bought a whole new wardrobe yeah she she bought new clothes because she's scared um sam is out there pretending to be a fake twin brother evan evans who has an accent so he's just straight up dissociating that's a problem that maybe the school counselor could be dealing with but she is not in this episode at all no she's not i will say he's at least aware that he's dissociating yes yeah it, it brought us the best my favorite line at least in the episode where in that secret glee club meeting, Blaine is like, How long are we gonna let him do this? And Artie <laughs> just says, Just let it go. It's like waking a sleepwalker. It might kill him. It might kill him. Yeah. It it might. <laughs> the fact just that he has like a sweater around his shoulders and then he takes it off yes. and, and he glasses. like runs and glasses <laughs> and he runs in and out of rooms is like it's supposed to it's supposed to be funny, but if you think back what happened in the last episode, like get this man some help. Like this he is clearly not okay. This is this is a literal cry for help. He's a 17 or 18 year old boy <laughs> who like has already dealt with so many horrendous like and hard things in his life and all yeah. will the one adult that we see in this episode who has contact with the students all he does is like cool it. It's annoying. Yeah, he just straight up yells at this kid. And then I there's, think that also, oh my god. Well, there's also the offhanded like, line about yeah. Brittany um, not wanting to study string theory because she's not good at arts and crafts, which did make me laugh. <laughs> that was a good one. I was like, all right, you got me. And then Unique's whole thing is wanting to take birth control to grow breasts. And that is tied into the whole monologue about people acting weird post-school shooting. And I was like, hold on. What's happening here? Yeah. Yeah. Don't conflate these. One, don't conflate these, but also was was this first of all, was this a thing that that people did? Because I know I don't have any trans friends who like asked for my birth control. But it's okay. Like I get Unique's thing of just wanting to I guess like speed run through the process of like not having to present as a boy and like Mm -hmm. having, having parts of her body that make her look more like what we think a girl looks like. Mm -hmm. Let's not conflate that with like trauma responses Mm -hmm. from other children. Um, And then let's not like make it seem like she's wrong for that. Yeah. And, and like, taking where is she getting birth control i think she said she had a hookup but it didn't because that's not great if you you don't know what type or or yeah you don't you don't know what brand it is you don't know what type it is and also like just be careful has a lot of different like there's a lot of side effects don't talk about because exactly that means you can you know do whatever you want um like 
Like, what's your dosing? If you didn't get it from a doctor, what's your dosing? a day. I know. It's too much. And she's <gasps> she's rubbing some sort of cream on her chest. Like, oh, oh yeah. that could do a lot, too, if it has any sort of hormone or careful. Oh and so like, it's please, just like, please. these are all offhanded comments that she makes kind of like in the background. You're like, okay, there's a lot that needs to be unpacked here about like unsafe application of of medicine but like and, because she's not the main character yeah they're just jokes and it's like no they're just jokes like oh actually how about we discuss trans healthcare instead how about we talk about like anything but if sweet dreams are made of this <laughs> which they don't even perform which they don't even perform criminal so, honestly actually criminal yeah they'd already had well maybe because they already had an 80s thing and they couldn't couldn't do it again but marley marley wants to perform her stuff and kitty's like no songs about your fat mom and i was like all right <laughs> come on so many things come on yeah, a comeback for every single like yeah. sound and then marley would say like okay what about this it's like oh so you did write a song about this she did absolutely it's i honestly want to hear them because they can't be any worse than Only Child or My Headband. My Headband. Yeah. I mean, nothing beats my cup. Oh, nothing beats my cup. You're right. But maybe it could have been as good as my cup or, you know, just a step below. We don't know. Uh, listen, I'm not saying I, I'm not saying that Marley's a bad songwriter. Well, they're skips for me. <laughs> they're... they're their skips. Um, the AV is it the AV Club or no? I brought it up. Oh, EW. Um, you know, did recaps of every episode back when Glee oh, was yeah. important. So they ranked or they graded the songs, and honestly, their grades are on a curve. Um, because they gave you have okay. Well, to be fair, you have more friends than you know is not an original song. It was written by it's it's a song that's just performed by marley it's like portrayed like she wrote it but it's not an original glee club song so that's like are you kidding me no it's written um by jeff marks i'm absolutely shell shocked (laughs) they really just said oh like they really made it sound like they they portrayed it like she wrote it for her friends after she yelled at them no totally but this came out uh a little before glee it was commissioned by um hancher auditorium at the university of iowa for it the it gets better project and premiered at the university of iowa in 2013 for the tra- kind of like uh pr- proceeds going to the trevor project okay and then the glee club or the glee club then glee covered it like a week later Okay, and did Glee give its proceeds to the Trevor Project? Or, uh... <laughs> okay, come on. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know that they did or didn't, but I'm gonna say I don't no. Think Fox would have done that. <laughs> um. So no, it it was an original song written for another for like the Trevor Project, and it gets better. That was then covered very shortly after by them, but portrayed like Glee had she written an original it. song. 
Okay. So yeah. if we're, if we're weird, saying right? that that's an original song, then I guess every song on this show is a goddamn original song. <laughs> like, yes, let's sing Mean by Taylor Swift. That's yeah. an original song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Finn and Puck totally wrote Fight for Your Right to Party. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Dina Menzel and Leah Michelle, 100. You said the character names and I said the actor names. I'm doing great. Okay, we'll come back to that. But, like, aren't they just the actors? So. You're so right, actually. <laughs> at what I don't know. I I can't. I mean, this is maybe a deep. Where does the character end and the right? So we'll get into that when we. This this may be a deep dive mini episode or or maybe six part series one day. Is that (laughs) what episode does Rachel Berry stop being Rachel Berry and has just become Leah Michelle? Oh, I can tell you when that is. It's the makeover. It's the episode where they stop dressing her as Rachel Berry, Mm -hmm. and they were like, "No, this is just Rachel Berry cosplay for Leah Michelle." I, I like, think you're correct. Yeah, I think that is the moment that Rachel Berry stopped being a character on Glee and is just Leah Michelle. Yeah. Which and is garbage. Leah Michelle it's bad. Playing, it's, not, it's not a good time because then you have like Chris Colfer playing Kurt, mm-hmm. but like interacting with, with Leah Michelle. Leah Michelle playing Leah Michelle at 19 years old. Yes. It's insanity. And like, is it? This is why, okay, where are the cast to tell us what happened? Is it vanity? Is it ego? Is it Ryan Murphy just not giving a fuck anymore? Is it a conversation between them and Leah Michelle being like, I'm just not that good of an actress anymore and I can't handle this. (laughs) Is it, I don't want to be Rachel? Like what happened? Is it just straight up her auditioning on Glee for fanny bryce and like i want to say that at that time ryan murphy had the he did freaking rights so he like did. yes that was well that was her prime time audition yeah. so that other people would also get on board to produce it with her as the lead can you imagine being the other cast members of this show while your lead one of your leads is using the show to publicly audition for a broadway show like the whole of the show being used for one person's public audition for a Broadway show. Like, no wonder everyone hates her. <laughs> I think a part of, well, honestly, no wonder everyone hates her. And no wonder several cast members were like, yeah, I'm not going to go see a uh, funny girl. I, I could be triggered yeah. at home. <laughs> exactly. Cause yeah. like, this was your whole life for freaking five years because like the show was an ensemble mm-hmm. like i i divided my notes into like three different cobbled together storylines yeah that's how but, i ended up doing it but like rachel is still the only character that like has a storyline by herself in this episode everybody else is paired with another character santana rachel, doesn't even show up and she's in santana the apartment show up Santana doesn't show up. Kurt, as a as an actual character, is only in a scene at the end, baking cookies and playing supportive gay best friend. Yeah, to like jump when she gets her callback call. Mm-hmm. Callback call. Like, 
Oh, oh my God. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> like, yeah, it's uh, Jenna and Kevin. We want to talk about nothing but this. We'll let you have your privacy, but if we could talk about this one thing and how it felt to have your show that you were on since its inception become the casting call for Leah Michelle, which we can get to when we talk about her storyline. Yeah. She failed because she did not revive Fanny Bryce. Someone she else did. She, she really didn't. She really didn't. Mm-mm. Um, but do we want to head back and finish up Lima, or do we want to yes, just kind of jump yeah, around yeah, as totally. the episode does? Okay. Uh, no. <laughs> that's how that's how Glee works. Um, <laughs> yeah. What were so we they sing? About? So they sing. Uh, you have more friends than you know, which is not an original song. <laughs> you heard it. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes. So Mar- well, what Marley has done is she's gathered her besties, Blaine, Unique, and Sam. In which like are, a little private glee club. Which are like a weird not combo. The most random assortment of people, but like this is a I mean, I think she made a point of saying, like, oh, you guys are the ones who like got hit the hardest by uh Mr. Schuster like yelling at us. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's the three characters that he said something to. Yeah, because so, he he shot them down hard about um uh he called about everything he called out sam for uh having dissociative identity disorder um he called out unique he said to tone it down on the boob thing and i was like calm down mr shoe and then he yelled at blaine for basically overriding him in front of um the glee club which like is fair i guess but also like these are teenagers and you're nearing your 40s you should have a better handle on your emotional reactions to children yes um but i think honestly it was just an excuse to get the these three voices to sing a song which was just an excuse to get darren to sing the words you're not alone you're not hundred <laughs> percent. Like, yes. Totally. Like I actually remember uh live blogging this episode on Tumblr and like actually screaming and having <laughs> and like telling my friends, like, oh my god, of course they had Darren sing the lo- the words you're not alone. He said it. Oh he god, said he the said thing. Oh my god. He said the thing. Like he said the thing, you guys. Do you think oh, he was TV? in the st- do you think he was in the studio like God? damn it like i'll never get away from this goddamn song (laughs) never be able to say these words again no you're right you won't suck it and there's such yeah um it's a nice song it's nicer now that i know that it was written for the drummer project (laughs) uh ew did give it a b minus and said personally i would have preferred to hear the song about the fat mom (laughs) you know what they're right (laughs) me too like you're not you're not entirely wrong. Uh, especially because Marley's mom is amazing. Marley's mom is one of the best characters in the show. Mm-hmm. One of the best parent characters in the show. Not as good as Bert. Nobody's Obviously. as good as Bert. But she's golden. She is. And um, and having a song dedicated to her is perfectly acceptable. 
um, after they're done singing, uh, Blaine's like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like we have to, do you have anything else like this? Like we have to show the rest of the group. And Marley's like, oh, Mr. Schuster, like made it very clear he's not interested, but surprise, Will is in the background. Creeping as, as he does. As is, honestly, it's his character. It's like his core character trait at this point, that and like rapping. Yeah. Unwantedly. Um, (laughs) And I guess that kind of becomes the like. It's his epiphany that he was being a D-bag. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because he he needed that. He couldn't figure that out on his own, that he was an asshole to a bunch of kids. Well, and this is also kind of goes hand in hand with the other like will storyline that you get which is that the kids also like mention that they miss finn Mm -hmm. and so he tries to he try he at beast's encouragement he tries to go be an adult and apologize to an 18 year old yes this is also this continues a storyline that is incredibly uncomfortable in that he seems to have to apologize to an 18 year old who kissed his fiance and he got mad at finn for that and they have now broken up as friends because he's besties with an 18 year old who has now gone off to college finally but he has to like drag his ass to the university of lima to apologize like he's going off to his ex-girlfriend it's very the dynamic is so weird it's baffling it's really actually kind of uncomfortable that he has to to drag ass to an 18 year old and be like dear dear beloved please accept my humble apology for you kissing my fiance like what is what is happening and me then treating you like a little bitch boy yeah yeah for like a for some time afterwards it's incredibly awkward i'm glad that it's over um although it does mean that we had to spend way too much of this episode with finn and surprisingly puck at the university of lima being idiot freshmen at college which listen I, as someone who actually went to college in Ohio, not in Lima, Ohio, but in Delaware, Ohio. Is this what it was like? Because this was not my college experience. No, Although, listen, I got psychic damage from um, two things at the opening of the episode, which is, um, God bless Finn. He he says that he thinks he went to the army because he was scared of going to college. Um, because quote unquote, the whole thing just seems scarier than getting shot, which I know (laughs) it's about going to basic training and then maybe going to war, but you can't say that in the opening after a fucking school shooting episode. I know. And also, do you remember why he left the army? Because he shot himself! (laughs) Did they not remember that? They probably didn't. I was like, wait, oh hold on. He he did shoot himself. Like, hold, wait. <laughs> and then and then didn't go to college for another semester. Yeah. Yep. Um, but then the other thing is that like he's talking about how great college is, and 
And then it just starts breaking out into the fucking Harlem Shake. I had such a memory flashback of the Harlem Shake. I was like, oh my God. As soon as that music started, I was like, no. Was like, transported back to 10 I years was. ago. Like, I really was. Oh my God, this was everywhere. And like, it really dates the episode because totally. as people who were terminally online at that point and also had lives, you know that this was everywhere. But if mm-hmm. you're watching this as like, a a 13 year old 13 year old should not be watching this show but also i was 13 and watching this show so so we see um, what happened yeah exactly um but if if it's the first time you're watching this show you're a young child this music starts playing and out of nowhere there's a billion people dancing in bikinis and like weird head masks Mm-hmm. You are not going to understand the context Mm-mm. and you're not even going to know what to Google to understand the context. Nope. And Googling people dancing in masks can get you some really some unpleasant. Really yeah. <laughs> um, but I thought it was hilarious because this is not what going to college in Ohio is like, um, at least not during the week for freshmen, like. If you had started playing the Harlem Shake in the library of the school that I went to, you would have been tackled. (laughs) (laughs) Good. That's the Um, correct response to the Harlem Shake. The most hilarious thing, though, was that their dorms actually look like one of the dorm buildings at my school. I was like, oh, my God, this is Trashford. I did love that Finn was like, he was so surprised about people like breaking out into song and dance. Because the Harlem, it's like the Harlem Shake wasn't a, um, uh, a fever dream. It like actually was happening on campus, mm-hmm. and I was like, exactly. "Do not act like the Glee Club did not break out into song and dance on picnic tables at McKinley every fucking day. Don't act like this is different than what happened." Yeah. This should you. actually make you feel more at home. Like this should be so reminiscent of your life. What are exactly. you doing? Like. What do you mean? And then all of the parties that they were going to, the freaking slip and slide in their dorm hall. Never happened to me. (laughs) Nope. Um, Also, girls taking off their bikini tops. Nope. To like (laughs) slip and slide. Also, ow. 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 And also never happened to me. Nope. I'm sure it happened, but not to me. I guess. <laughs> um, maybe at a different school. I don't University know. University of Arizona. Uh, if we're and if we're talking strictly Ohio colleges, probably, um, OU in Athens. That's mm. like the big party school. Okay. Okay. So, uh, you know, puck. Puck shows up here, but he's just there to drink and hook up. We don't care because ew. Because he's Puck and also, he's, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, they go to a frat party and perform Fight for Your Right to Party, which, again, is not an original song. It's It was delightful, though. I Yes. I listened to it as I was, like, preparing my dinner and I was like, this is great. I don't need to see what this looks like because it's just them rocking out. Just them rocking. It is classic Beastie Boys. Uh, exactly. They join. They join a frat. It doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't. It is inconsequential. 
other than eventually it is Puck who is the one who yells at Finn for missing his classes um, because he doesn't want his friend to become a crappy teacher because being a teacher means something because they've had such wonderful examples of teachers. All two of them that we've seen. <laughs> all, all of them. Ricky Martin included. Do we include coaches in this? Because Beast is a great coach, but also I don't think we saw enough of her coaching. Uh, I don't think we can include Beast because, no, we have not seen her actively <laughs> coach anything in quite some time. That's true. All right. Yeah. We just see her eat a lot of chicken, which, like, more power to her. Exactly. And so he then recommits, right? And yep. appears at uh, at McKinley. Yes, because Mr. Shu has asked him to come back to McKinley to help lead the Glee Club to victory at regionals. Because that's going to help him pass his classes at Lima? To well, devote his time to teaching the Glee Club? I think he said that uh, he talked to like the registrar, I guess, and he was going to get like college credit for it, which is not a thing that freshmen do. I had a lot of like early and like high school education major friends and like you don't get to student teaching and you don't get to like these kind of practicum things on your own until at least your junior year. Mm -hmm. But well, but it's Glee. <laughs> but it's Glee. Um. Now, unfortunately, uh, big bummer, this is the last episode that Cory Monteith appears in. Yes. So, that's a bummer. It's uh, <laughs> narratively and in real life, it is incredibly and indescribably sad. Yes. Um... It is. There are, there's scenes, um, a, or at least a scene later with Rachel calling Finn to ask for advice about her funny girl audition and basically saying like, you know, next time I'll come to New York. And you're like, <laughs> nope. And like, even watching it at the time, I think by the time this aired, we as an audience already knew that he was at rehab so we knew that he mm -hmm. like was not going to be in any more episodes this season yeah he had shot scenes for the next episodes but the scenes were later cut yeah um from those episodes so it was so it was like a sad thing of like this episode set up so many amazing things mm -hmm. for Finn. And then I, at least as an audience member was like, okay, so, you know, he'll, he'll get better. And then we'll see these things to fruition or we won't, because I think at that point we didn't know if season five was going to get picked up. Uh, yeah, I, I don't remember I don't anymore. Remember. I could go figure it out again. I could figure out the timeline, but yeah, I mean, it, but, but either yeah. way, it was like, okay, so these are the things, these are the last few things that we're going to get from Finn, because we're not going to see him in the next three, four episodes, whatever, however many mm -hmm. it is, because 
you know, this is what we get. And then we'll see the rest of it picked up next time he's here. And Mm -hmm. in an incredibly sad turn of events, it doesn't, doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. And it means there's just like a complete lack of closure for everyone. Which is very true to real life in some senses in a way that like i know that the writers didn't intend i know it's these it's this beautiful thing of like his last episode that he was in is called you know sweet dreams Mm -hmm. and this is the last uh finchel scene that that they do and this is his last thing is that he's like the last lines that he has are about helping lead the glee club to victory and you can't give that credit to the writers about writing and foreshadowing this strategy this this tragedy because it wasn't what they were intending yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's this it just happened but also it feels really poignant it does it does and you know when it the episode comes up the quarterback episode comes up i guess we can talk about it then um because that's really not what this episode is about it just happens in retrospect yeah retro yeah retrospectively it means all of these different things mm-hmm. for people who know right if you don't have any idea what's happening then it's just another episode which is also bizarre right like if you're just a i mean i guess who's a casual viewer of glee like who's who's popping if up fir- if it's your first watch through yeah, but don't you think people who are turning into Glee like know about Corey, or maybe they don't? I don't know. I mean, they have to, because um, the the whole like the curse of Glee thing right. that uh, went around, and like all of these different things. Like people know that he passed away suddenly. People know that it wasn't what the show was obviously intending to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, most people probably won't know. Like oh, he's not in this because he died. Like, he's not in these last few episodes because he died in the middle of filming. He's not in these episodes because he went to rehab. Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's a there's a sequence of events that, you know, reading them on a BuzzFeed article or whatever, it's not the same as, like, kind of having experienced them or knowing how the timeline works. And even yeah. if you did all of this research before you started watching them, you still may not realize it mm-hmm. until you go back and think about it. Yep. Yep. But it's, so you look back. And I think, I feel like that's why. So when I sit down to like edit the podcast episodes, I go back and watch the show episodes as well, because it just brings up so much stuff that's emotional and like all of this baggage and all this stuff, because like, I lived through this stuff as it was happening. So it's not just like, oh, what happened in the episode, but it also reminds me like what was happening everywhere else when mm-hmm. this when this happened in the show. And people who are watching it for the first time, or if there are any people who are watching it for the first time at this point, like they don't they don't have that. It's gotta be such a different experience. Yeah. And it's an experience that I envy sometimes for different pieces of media. Like, I wish I could go back and watch, like, Ted Lasso for the first time. The Good Place for the first time. Sure. Totally. Um, But also, 
I have all of these other connections that I can make because I've seen it before. Um, and because I saw it when I did. Yeah. I think, I think that's why we rewatch it is you get to, you get the, um, the backstory and you get the context of like where you were when it happened, which not in like a global scale, but in like your fandom life. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, this is how I felt when I watched it the first time. And these were the friends that I made and this is what I was doing. And this is where I was living. And this is how I've changed. And this is, this is why I was mad at the time. And this is why I'm mad now, or this is yeah. what I and, and when you throw in something as tragic like this, it's like a, a, a unique perspective to look back on and say like, yeah, man, the show was actually really important to a lot of us. And the tragedies involved place it in a very strange box for a lot of people. Yeah. Because I think it was also a lot of people's first real encounter with a loss like that. Sure. Yeah. That like, that's not your grandparent dying. Like it doesn't directly affect you, but you feel like it does. Yeah. Yeah. And I know people now call that, what's the, um, a parasocial relationship yeah which is has such like a negative connotation but it's something that we have done as a species like forever forever i mean you cannot tell me that there weren't cavemen who looked at another caveman and was like that's my blorbo <laughs> right <laughs> i mean like people had a paras like people have parasocial relationships with like people who aren't celebrities or influencers mm-hmm. but like i mean things I'm Royalty. telling you, I was thinking that, or like, I don't know, on a smaller scale, your priest, your priest sure. doesn't talk to you and remember you the same way that you talk to him because he's talking to 500 other people. Totally. Your parish is actually 500 people. Like, that's a damn large parish. But I was gonna say, these numbers don't mean anything to me, but I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> I'm just like, it. it's it's a big, like, we've had relationships with the people that we interact with, even if they mm-hmm. don't interact with us. Honestly, like, even your teacher, like your beloved teacher, they, I mean, they, they have, have hundreds so many of students. students. I'm so sorry to tell you this, but I mean, sometimes they you get a really good one. They may be your favorite teacher. Yeah. Yeah. They may be your favorite teacher, but you're not their favorite student. You can't be. You can't be. So they're going to go off to regionals. <laughs> so I was like, how do we get out of this? Um... With a really great segue. Um, you so know who else is relating on a super parasocial scale? <laughs> Rachel Barry. Rachel Barry. <sighs> I hate this bitch. Um, this episode was just, it. It really was like her her audition. It was just like nine, ten years too early. Do you know those fix that go around, especially on Tumblr, that are the dear reader fix? Yes, and I hate them. <laughs> so that's what this storyline is. Yeah. This is just a dear reader with Rachel and Barbara. And just Barbara doesn't know it. I mean, and I don't want Barbara to know it. Can you? I hope Barbara Streisand never watched Glee. <laughs> Do we have on the record if she ever did? Oh, you know? I don't know. I don't. I don't want her to know about the existence of this show. I I'm don't sure want her someone to know who told Leah her. Michelle is. I'm sure. I don't want her to know. For my personal sanity, I don't want the words 
I know who Rachel Berry is to escape Barbara Streisand's lips. Apparently her niece was on Glee. Shut up. I'm gonna guess is like an extra. Oh, absolutely. They would have made a whole meal of it if she wasn't an extra. Unless they did and I just did it. Unless it was in season six, I wouldn't know. (laughs) Okay, this is an article in gaytimes.uk with um, Willem. Uh, And it says, Willem says Leah Michelle treated him so subhuman he left the set of Glee. Which, I believe. Yeah. Queer artist Lennox, who was an extra on Glee in 2014, accused Leah of being a, quote, tyrant on the show. She screamed at staff and once randomly had an extra fired, only to find out it was Barbara Streisand's niece, and then quickly asked for her back on set to get in touch with her aunt, they wrote. Oh my god! This is amazing. Um, Treasure trove. Why did I not know about this? Well, it was probably later... Yeah, that would have been the filming for season six. And I feel like. Yeah. Apparently there was a tweet, but the tweet is now from a suspended account. So I don't know why this person's account was suspended, but you know. I mean, at this point, apparently sis is a slur on Twitter. So (laughs) it could be something or it could be nothing. Yep. So, you know, (laughs) did this actually happen? Let's assume so. Amazing. So she's like preparing. For this cattle call audition, which okay, like... <sighs> the revival, the the never before restaged revival of Funny Girl on Broadway is not having open casting calls. Absolutely not. No way in the world, espe- especially for the lead. Maybe for um the dance role, like maybe, maybe for dancers maybe maybe not. for even like yeah no i wouldn't even say for like understudies no they're not doing open casting calls even if they couldn't get a big name they just get a smaller name yes it's fucking funny girl yeah i hate so, it so that already is like wrong a choice i mean it's not a choice or it's just it's the only way that they could get rachel as a character <laughs> They're gonna, they're gonna let a first year Niata student be Fanny Bryce on Broadway. Not maybe off, off, off Broadway. Yeah, absolutely. Have fun, Broadway. No. And this, and this honestly goes back to like something that we've talked. Well, that you guys have talked about before on the podcast, which is just the show acts like Rachel Berry is like God incarnate. Yes. With, like talent coming out the wazoo but like she is talented sure Rachel Berry is talented and Leah Michelle is talented and that is not something you can like really dispute I will but sure <laughs> I mean talent is subjective so like you can dispute it if you want to but like fair you know and talent is not like an arbiter of how successful you are or totally you know or even how hard you work or whatever she can be hardworking. she can be all of the things she's not the only person on this show who's talented she's not the only person at niata who's talented mm-hmm. she's definitely not the only person in new york city who's talented and she's not the only person on earth who's talented she's definitely not the only person 
with the means to get to a cattle call audition who's right. talented. Like, right. And like, <laughs> and I know that it's, but it's glee. And they're not really going to go into like the financing of a Broadway show, <laughs> but they're not going to bet on a first year college student as the lead of their show. You cannot recoup a Broadway show on the back of an unknown name. And this is what happened to the actual funny girl. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, like you can't, they're, the producers are never going to sign off on Rachel Nobody from Nowhere, Ohio. It's just not going to happen. You're going to have a celebrity in the title role. This is why Broadway is now populated with celebrities who are of a caliber, but not the top caliber when the options are out there. Because you have to put butts in seats, and butts in seats get there by name recognition, not necessarily talent first. And if there's not, like, a celebrity, then there's something else to draw you in. Either it's an adaptation of a previous, like, property, or there's some sort of other gimmick there. Yeah. And people don't like Funny Girl because it's a good show. They like Funny Girl because of Barbara Streisand. Yeah. Like, uh, mm. so anyway, so if we erase um, facts and logic. So, yeah. If we erase reality. Reality. Um, and let uh, an absolute nobody who hasn't even gone a full semester at college at this point audition yeah. for the first revival of uh, a show like Funny Girl, then we can carry on, uh, carry on from there. Because she's been grooming herself for the audition since she was five. And has a full-on shrine. And good for her. Um, not good for me, because this is not enjoying... Like, I'm not enjoying myself watching this, but good for her. No. No. <laughs> I had one million percent forgotten that Shelby was in this episode. I did too. She was... She, like, showed up and I was like, holy shit, it's Dina! Because at this point... No, at this point, fucking Frozen hadn't come out yet. So no. this was this is pre-frozen. Um, but I was like, oh my god, hello! She's in one scene. Um, she tells Rachel, you can't sing Barbara because everybody else is gonna be singing Barbara. And then they don't show us other auditions with other people singing Barbara, but I know we'll just we'll ignore reality for a minute. Um <laughs> is this Shelby's last scene in the it is. show? Yeah, this is her last appearance on Glee. What a song to go out on. I like the original of this song next to me. Oh. I think it's a really beautiful song. I was going to say, so this was at the time where I would only download the Glee version if Darren sang it <laughs> and anything else was like, okay, let's listen to the original. Um, and this kind of goes back to what I was saying about like Marley's songs, which is like, the songs are nice, 
but I haven't thought about them since. Meanwhile, next to me is still on my phone and I still listen to it and jam out when it like plays. Um, the original for this song is a beauty. It does. Um, Edina does it great. I'm not a Rachel hater, but I'm also not a Stan. And uh, <laughs> she was fine. <laughs> she was there. She was there. She sang. She, my, she, she punched in. My ongoing problem with Rachel slash Leah is that it always sounds the same to me. Yeah. Her, her voice is her voice, but it is her voice. And a pop song and her version of R&B and her version of a ballad and an uptempo and a Broadway song are all the same. Yeah. Could I do it? Absolutely not. But I would never pretend to. There's like, yeah, it's just to me again, I'm not an expert. I'm not a musician, but to me, they're the same and that's her thing. I would like something different sometimes. Well, the whole conceit behind the show too is that they're covering songs, but they're but they're putting their own take on it. And also mm-hmm. it can kind of either sound very similar to the original song, or I was gonna say something about how like some of the actors actually mold themselves to whatever Mm -hmm. song they are singing yep so like well for example like um the the kurt and blaine that you get singing baby it's cold outside are not the same kurt and blaine you get singing i just can't get enough totally but that would be the same rachel yes yeah yes exactly there's no modulation and there's like there's no acting in her singing it's just her going into a booth Mm-hmm. turning it on, turning it off, and walking away. Yep. And them saying, this is the best take we're going to get. Let's let's roll. Mm-hmm. Um, the song was lovely. I'm not going to take that away from them. No, like, no, totally. But I also knew exactly what it was going to sound like before yeah. they started. I was like, yep, that's uh, that's what they were singing. Yep. And it is, it's also just wild to me that Edina, I, I know they can't afford to have like Edina Menzel like popping in whenever because also they didn't film this in New York and I'm pretty sure this was around the time that she was like workshopping a musical so like this was a special appearance but like don't just say that like you live in the same city so you see each other more often now mm-hmm. in this one scene and then never mention it again have never mentioned it previously like if you can't have the actor, at least talk about how you've seen the character. It's right. the it's the Ricky Martin effect. Yeah. <laughs> Shelby Corcoran is just like out there talking to her daughter all the time. Yes. She's sure she is. actively parenting a child. Yeah. In sure. New York City. As a single parent with a Broadway daycare company. Yes. Which I love that they that that Rachel was like, oh, this is fame for toddlers. I don't know if like Broadway daycare is, or something like it is real, but it should be. Really should be. I don't actually know if it is. But it it definitely is something that would make theater a lot more accessible for 
a wide range of people. Like the last show that I worked was a show about parenting um, in Chicago, not in New York. Um, And because it was a show about parenting and the majority of the producers were parents and the director was a new parent, um, part of the uh, compensation package was a childcare um, Hmm. stipend. That's cool. And it was awesome. Um, so like, even though I was working incredibly closely with the director, I only got to see her kid like twice because she had this amazing childcare stipend and she didn't have to worry about how she was going to, you know, how things were going to happen. She just knew that, you know, she just, it just was going to get taken care of. And like, that should be a thing that happens more, but yeah, neither here nor there. I just wanted to mention it. That Man, if... If only there was a character on Glee who was a single mother and was still having to deal with the consequences of being a working parent while fulfilling their dreams. Man, if only they were good writers. <sighs> if only that was something that the show was brave enough to tackle. God, what if instead of working at the diner, like in season five, they had just worked at Broadway daycare? Yeah, I just don't like children, so I wouldn't want a <laughs> bunch of kids in this TV show. That's fair. I just think they would have actually had to incorporate theater games. Oh, this is true. And yeah, that would have been worth the children. They, the three characters who are trying to get into theater would have had to be around theater. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and is. When, when the parents come pick up their children, that's how you network. Yeah. Yeah, they would have actually had to be actively involved in the like in the in the theater scene. In the theater scene, yeah, that they are purporting to be um invested so heavily in. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. So, I think the next bit with Rachel is the phone call. Yes, she calls she calls Finn because she is sad and doesn't know what to do, so she wants advice. I was never a Finchel shipper, but this did give me some feels. It's very sweet. He tells her to sing something that takes her back to the roots of her passion. And it's really beautiful how he knows her. He st- like he doesn't even say hello. He's like, "Hey, I know you're mad about Brody. Like, I'm sorry." Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, "Oh no, that's not what I was going to call you about." And then she says, "Oh." you're calling about funny girl because you're nervous because you don't want to do this. And it's just, it's a beautiful scene that like kind of really encapsulates why they worked. But I also think that Finchel worked best when they weren't in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's, it's not my favorite ship. I get why people like it. Um, These moments are nice though. Yeah. It was, yeah. And it's also very, very sad that this is the last it is. scene for these two characters. But it's it's a beautiful scene for them to kind of have. Yeah, it's so hopeful. And so, like, it's so setting up for them to reconnect. Yes. And for them to just have that time together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, it's really, really nice. Cause it gives her that le- like last final push to choose something that is 
I guess for a funny girl audition, unorthodox, but also like, what else was she going to sing? This is fucking Glee. I know. Yeah, totally. Um, Because what she sings is Don't Stop Believing. Is this the third time this has been performed on the show or the second? Um, It's at least the third because obviously it's in the first episode and then they did it for regionals. Right. In okay. the first season, because that's the one that uh, Santana and Puck also sing in. Okay, so it's, I think it's the third. She um, uh, she hallucinates yeah. the alumni singing <laughs> with her. Yeah, she hallucinates the other uh, original Glee Club members. It's real rude of what she put Kurt in. That shirt that he's wearing. No, it's the original outfits. I know, but she didn't have to do it. <laughs> I was gonna, I was writing down in my notes how, like, all of them were there, except Artie, because fuck Artie, I guess. <laughs> and he rolled up in the wheelchair. I was like, no. oh, shit. He just showed up out of nowhere halfway through the song. Yeah, he couldn't like, even be there the whole time. Exactly. Um, but it was really beautiful because this, like, they got Amber for this one scene. I know. <laughs> like, okay. Poor Amber. Um, yeah. But hey, at least she got paid, right? She got paid. Um, I love the idea of the producers seeing her dance around with people who aren't there. And dance around instruments that aren't there? Because she was dancing around Finn, who is drumming. Yes. Like, what are they seeing? Are they seeing, like, her eye flirting with people who aren't there? Yes. They have to be. That's why the producer is like, hey, you had a moment there. Tell me about it. Because she was eye-fucking the floor. Exactly. I guess it worked because she got a callback. Which, like... Of course she did. Of course she got a callback. But, like, let's... Okay. Let's not talk about the fact that, like, in a cattle call audition, you would not get three minutes. You would get, at most, 16... What was it? 16 bars, bars, right? Like... My fiance, Reggie, is a musical theater actor. He has gone to New York for like a cattle call type audition. I think it was for one of the tours of Hamilton. You get 16 bars, maybe 32 if you're at the beginning of the day. I was thinking she used up her time with the opening notes of this song. Where she just stood <laughs> yeah. there while it was going. Dun, 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 dun. I was like, a little bit. and then they're like, hey, thank you time. Like. All right, off you go. <laughs> like, like let's so let's forget about that and about the fact that literally a year ago in Showtime, like in the show, Carmen Thibodeau made the point of you get sixteen, you got eight bars. I gave you sixteen. Like, mm-hmm. this is this is how this works. Okay, let's say fuck it. She gets the whole song. Whatever. She hallucinates. No producer would ever actually ask hey you seem to be disassociating there what what happened <laughs> you you doing okay friend like they don't care you're no. you're another name in a stack of like you're another resume in a stack of resumes you're there another headshot so many people i was actually surprised they did this in a fucking auditorium and not just a sound stage like why are they not at just like 4242 doing this like what is happening why are they on a full fucking I know. Well, that too. Like, why are they at a full uh, theater? What is that? That's so expensive to rent. 
It is also so freaking hilarious to me that like they just had a piano player, but she was singing with like full, full band. Mm -hmm. So they were not hearing the same things that we were hearing, Mm -mm. which is always so funny to me in this show. Yeah. They were just hearing her and the piano. Um, So let's not talk about the fact that she wouldn't get the full time she wouldn't like they're not hearing the same thing that we as a as an audience are hearing this song has the emotional like vulnerability for her but it is not the best showcase of her talents Mm -mm. and like i understand why they went with this song but it also would not get you a callback no and no it wouldn't and i also think if they were going to do this song i think they should have just had it had us hear her and the piano and no one else. I think we should have heard it the way the producers were going to hear it. Yeah. That could have actually been really interesting. I think it could have been also like a really cool concept for her to see it, but for then us to still see and hear what the producers are hearing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. she can see Finn at the drums and she can see Artie with like the electric guitar, but we don't hear it. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been cool because it, the show's always been this kind of blending of reality, like of the diegetic and non-diegetic uses of the music. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, if you're trying to convince me that she got Broadway producers to actually consider her. Yeah. No. Hard pass. Rachel's um, storyline kind of, concludes in a continuation of oh we're gonna be seeing more funny girl um oh, I know. because she gets a phone call from an unknown number and she's like what do i do what do i do i'm like okay it's what you've been waiting for please just answer your goddamn phone yeah i yeah i mean <laughs> sure <laughs> getting a phone sure. call and not an email but like sure it was 2013 it was 2013 and she doesn't have an agent she doesn't have an agent. You're you're right. <laughs> anyway, so she gets a callback for Funny Girl, and that set tells us what our next storyline for Rachel's gonna be. It's unrealistic. Yeah, it's a thing that I will continue not to care about for its entire storyline. It's just annoying to me because, like, as a teenager who was into theater who was watching Glee, I really thought her storyline was gonna be going to theater college. And then mm-hmm. her storyline was everything outside of going to theater college after she feuded with her dance teacher. Yeah. Yeah. I never feuded with my dance teacher. Well, then you did it wrong. Exactly. But I actually graduated. Oh, that was your mistake. You needed to <laughs> leave early to join a Broadway show and then leave that early to join a TV show that fails. See, and then I would have won a Tony by 2020. Yeah, you're really, you you messed up. And I, yeah. I'm sorry that, for that. That's where I went wrong. <laughs> that's where you severely went wrong. Yeah. I think that's New York. Are we missing, who else, what else is going on in this episode? I mean, other than um, Coach Roz, which is like a thing that happens. It's like a scene and a half. Coach Roz is back. She has this hilarious line where she's convinced that Blaine is the reason 
that Sue got fired and she says that he like worked his handsome fruity voodoo powers. Yes. And convinced her to bring a gun to school and then drop it and it went off two times in a row. Yes. Used his dark sided fruity voodoo power. <laughs> Which peak peak cinema. Yes. Her <laughs> I I'm sure what she says is offensive in many ways. Oh, absolutely. Um but, but I do, it's also hilarious. I do like it. Uh, and he, <laughs> she is correct that Blaine and Becky are somehow co-captains of the Cheerios without Blaine having ever done a cheerleading routine in his life. So and she is calling him Fruity Fonzie, which I think is an accurate description of him. It's delightful. I'm also obsessed with Roz, like, genuinely seeming to think that Becky is Sue's daughter, Robin. <laughs> I know. Because she says it multiple times. She does. Yeah, that she came With out me. a fully grown 16-year-old. When also they've established that Becky's a senior. I know. She's not 16 anymore. It really doesn't matter. It's so... Oh my god. And then she makes them sign this blood oath, but it's just them repeating words after and then saying, so help me God. It's amazing. To, it's amazing. To never put a hex on Coach Roz Washington. To, to never hex on Coach Roz Washington. Washington. Causing her to bring a gun to school so she gets real clumsy and drops it and it goes off twice in a row. Causing her to bring a gun to school so she gets real clumsy and drops it so it goes off twice in a row. So help me God. So help, so help me God. God. You are free to go. Art. Um... If only Glee were only this. Yes. If it was just this one scene and then like you got to fight for your right to party, it would have been a five minute episode, but I would have been okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's totally fine. I think <laughs> maybe then it would be um, the show you like. It would have been Riverdale. <laughs> it would just be Riverdale. <laughs> Don't even get me started on Riverdale. Oh my God. Um, but then Blaine kind of notices that Becky's a little off because Becky says that it wasn't Blaine's fault that the gun went off. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so he like follows her and asks her and she says, mind your own gay business, gay Blaine. And that is how I would like to be addressed for the rest of my life. <laughs> Just gay Adri. Gay, yeah. gay Adri. Is that, has, have we covered the things that have happened have we talked about the things that happened in the episode i think so um oh we didn't talk about the so the last song um that the glee clubs so they so um will brings uh finn back yes and then he calls marley up and she's like, I haven't memorized this one song, but I think I told you I got this other one. He's like, no, didn't I tell you we're doing your songs? Um, and then they sing Outcasts, which is a Glee original. Is a Glee original. It's, in my opinion, a poor man's raise your glass. Yes. I enjoyed it, but I forgot it immediately after I immediately. listened to it. Immediately. It is gone. Um gone uh the ew review gave it a b a solid b which again is like that was very kind of them generous 
Um, they said it's just another variation on the nobody likes us gets us theme. Seriously, I want to hear that fat mom song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, agreed. Agree. I um, it's boring. So we haven't yet heard the original songs written by Darren Chris, which are arguably better. And I hate to say that out loud in the year of our well, Lord, 2023, but. Well, he also like went to school for it. He did. Whereas I'm pretty sure that like, well, I don't know. I don't know who Maybe, wrote these songs. I don't know who wrote these songs and I don't want to be like, oh, but they're not like good at it. Denigrate but, their like, memory. Yeah, whoever they are. Um, but this wasn't a passion project. Like, they weren't trying to get nominated for an Emmy. No. <laughs> Glee.fandom.com, so the Glee wiki, yeah, does not say who wrote it. Just that this is the only, only song to be sung together by all five season four newbies. What? says this is the only song to be sung together by all five season four newbies which feels just inaccurate but no but i guess that makes jake kitty marley writer and unique that can't be true that can't be right they were all on some nights yeah that can't be accurate unless it's like they all get a solo and not just like they have unique Mm-hmm. Like park and bark. Right. But it, it does not say, it just says, you know, buy or glee original composition. Um, mm. So we probably have to like go into the album, look at the liner notes. And like that feels like the kind of research that a better show deserves. That feels like the kind of research that I would do when I was really, really bored and couldn't sleep at like three in the morning. Yeah. Um. What was your... Favorite song? Um, I'm just gonna say Fight for Your Right to Party. Okay. I'm... I I never like I I'm never the biggest fan of like the Finn and Puck songs, but this one it it felt right. Yeah. It it yeah, this is a this is a total them song. Um I'm going to I'm going to abstain cuz I don't like any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was an option. Uh, I just decreed. Oh, okay. I, I was looking at the list and I was like, "Um I mean, eh?" I have not re-listened to any of these since the episode the first time I watched it in 2019. Or 20... 2013. Yeah, I... Ten years ago. Ten. Ten years ago. Like I said, the the only one that I've even remotely thought about is next to me, and it's the original. Yeah, I like the original, totally. But Um, not the Glee version... Not really, no. What about uh, a favorite line? Um, hmm. 
<laughs> I liked Roz's, uh, I don't know, was it a rant? I liked her rant. It's never just one line with her. It kind of goes on mm. for a bit. Um, you know, fruity, fruity Fonzie. Mm-hmm. Um, offensive, but funny, which, you know, always, always a good combo on, on Glee when done correctly. Yes. Um, so I think, I think probably her rant about them casting a hex on Sue Sylvester and, and that, <laughs> I think that whole thing uh, was my favorite. You? I, I really, really liked when Beast was encouraging Will to like, go talk to to Finn she said you gotta patch a hole in this fence so the squirrels don't escape (laughs) yeah but do you want squirrels in your fence yeah that's that's true you should probably get rid of the squirrels first um and I I've been thinking about it ever since (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's not wrong when they're funny they're funny that's the problem it's like the writers were really good at like one-liners and then that was it. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing else. And it hurts. What about uh, that thing you like? Oh, I forgot that we decided to do that thing I like. <laughs> Come up with these things and then we have to do them. Uh, that thing I liked... That thing I liked was Marley standing up for herself throughout this episode, even though she was shot down repeatedly by adults in her life who were in positions of power and authority. And she still went behind shoes back to gather up her friends and be like, no, I think this is better than Mr. Shoes bullshit idea. And she did not take no for an answer because she had a great idea. Well, mm, an idea. Mm -hmm. And went for it and i liked that feminism feminism i really like feminism um i really liked um that puck was so insistent on like getting finn to actually care about school and to like be a good teacher Mm, true um because i really liked that turnaround and that arc for Finn. Yep. I think we've like as a podcast, you guys have talked about how good of a fit it was for Finn to like be a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um totally. And I really liked how it like actually seemed that Puck cared about that potential for his friend as well. Um because it's nice when you have people around you that like not only care about you, but care about the effect that you're going to have in the world. It's nice to have friends. Is that Puck doing something right? It's it's his one nice <laughs> thing per season. Okay, he used it because up here. Please remember, earlier in the season, he was going out with Kitty. <sighs> Yikes. Uh, this is also the last episode where Puck appears as a main character. What about uh, Paindex? non-existent because neither of them i mean blaine was in the episode kurt was uh there but you know nothing they they didn't couldn't if if you watched this episode cold you wouldn't know that they knew each other as people Ooh, if you watched this episode cold i don't think you would have known 
that that the, that, the, that the two like states were related totally yeah like the only thing they like they stopped doing the thing that they had done earlier in the season of like trying to connect like the themes of the storylines or like the music mm-hmm. yeah. so like the only connective tissue was the one phone call between finn and rachel yeah yep which is like beautiful but also why is this glee then Uh, just do the spinoff or go back to the school i know the spinoff would have been real good really would have (laughs) and that's the woulda coulda shoulda woulda coulda shoulda um what about the kevin mcscale Ooh, i don't know a one because he said a line but had no storyline. I'm sure he's saying on the... Well, uh, yeah, I guess a one because he showed up as an, uh, an apparition and don't stop believing. <laughs> an apparition. But he showed up late. But he, sh- he did show up late with Starbucks. Um, <laughs> with a guitar. With a guitar, right? Same thing. Uh, I'm going to go with a one because, you know... Yeah, that sounds about right. If you had taken him out, nothing would have changed. You wouldn't have got you wouldn't have gotten the just let it go line, but somebody right. else would have said it. Yep. Yep. Like it wasn't an arty specific line. Mm-hmm. Totally. The next episode is 420. Lols. Uh lights out. Uh lights out. They 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 do not blaze it. <laughs> not on this show. Only in the very first episode where Finn gets uh, tattled on, he gets fake, fake weeded by Mr. Shu. And, and, and definitely in the writer's room. There's no way they were sober. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> the next episode is written by Ryan Murphy, and I don't know how long it's been since he's been credited for an episode. So that's kind of interesting. What? This next episode does feature Isabel Wright. So. Yes. Shout out. It'll be fun. To the fairy godmother. To the, the glee fairy godmother of us all. Um, but yeah, so I guess thank you for listening. And thank you, Adriana, for joining. Um, this has been fun. It's even, always a fun time. Even if you had to join for a not-so-amazing episode. But I think I think we covered it pretty well. Oh, yeah. And it's it's fun when I can, like, say my opinions back instead of just talking at Garage Band. <laughs> exactly. This time you get... <laughs> This time they're recorded on your end. Yes. And not this just. This time I don't have to like pause the recording and tell, like go and tell like my fiance. like Or the cat. Yeah. You have to. Oh, or Easton. Yeah. But yeah, you can yep. um, uh, follow us on Instagram at fandom on the rocks. Um, same for Twitter. And if you want to support the pod and listen to a bunch of bonus episodes, you can find us on patreon.com slash fandom on the rocks as we are mid rebrand. Um, where else can you find us? If you can um, also subscribe to us on um, Spotify and you'll get all the same bonus content that you would on Patreon. And uh, yeah, so thank you for listening and we will catch you on the next episode of uh, Glee. You've been listening to Glee on the Rocks, a fandom on the rocks podcast. A huge thank you to our sound editor, Adriana. For more episodes, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
You can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and anywhere else on the internet at Fandom on the Rocks. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can subscribe to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash fandom on the rock. Subscribers get ad-free content, exclusive bonus episodes, deep diving into Glee, our favorite fandoms, random updates, and so much more. So until next time, that's what you missed on Glee.